and horror hounds this is brett from dimension z joined as i am every week by greg of the dead how you doing man doing good how's it going feeling very romantic because it's valentine's day and it's also episode 169 dude we could not have planned that out better <laughs> the valentine's day ends up being 169 like nice i even i told my dad that earlier today he did the exact same thing he just goes nice <laughs> <laughs> so this was one that last year, like right after we did my bloody Valentine, because, you know, I always try to think like ahead and everything. I'm like, wonder what we'll do next year. Cause I'm like, well, there's my bloody Valentine 3d. And I'm like, no, we have to do Tromeo next year. Yeah. Which I'm so glad because I almost like, I love, I've definitely seen this movie a, f a few times before. I love it, but I kind of forgot about it until you said doing Tromeo on Valentine's day. And I was like, yeah, that's a great idea. Dude, this was my first trauma movie. Really? Yeah, because I found it because of Lemmy from Motorhead, because I was a big metal fan like my, my whole life growing up and everything. So that's how I came across it. I'm like, Lemmy's in this weird fucking movie where a lady gives birth to popcorn and a rat, and there's a <laughs> dick monster. I was like, okay. And then this, I was vaguely aware of Toxic Avenger and like Sergeant Kabuki Man and stuff, I think. But this was the first one I ever saw, like sat down and watched. This was an earlier one. I definitely saw it in high school. I'm pretty sure I started off with Toxic Avenger. Yeah, that's the standard. I don't know why I started yeah. with this. Like I said, I knew who Toxie was and stuff because of Crusaders and everything. Right. But, like, this was the first sit-down-watch front-to-back trauma movie for me. And holy shit, like, and this is top-tier trauma. I don't know if you would agree with me, but I would say, like, top five trauma movies. It's up there. It's it's yeah. in the top 10, 100%. Top 5, I'd have to sit down and think a little more on. Yeah, to really think about it, but I'm pretty sure it would be in mine. Because it is a lot of fun. There's a lot of different shit that happens in it and whatnot. Like you said, Lemmy shows up. At one point, I saw Gigi Allen's brother, Merle Allen, like in the yeah. background. I was like, holy shit! Because like, he has like the tiny little mustache and the weird sideburns. And I'm like, there's Merle Allen! Yeah, what a weird movie this is. Look, uh, one, Lloyd Kaufman obviously really likes Shakespeare, because there's this, yes. and then Shakespeare shitstorm from a year or two ago. But what a strange concept. Think about what he brought this to the public. Like, we're doing a Troma, Romeo, and Juliet. Oh, and that's the thing, too, of, like, this seems like a movie that would just be, like, completely panned, like, across the boards, except for, like, fans. The New York Times loved it. Variety loved it. It won uh, Best Film of 1997 at the Keynes Film Festival. Yeah, it was really well received. And oddly, they rushed production on this a little bit. Because the Leonardo DiCaprio Romeo and Juliet was coming out <laughs> the same year. And they wanted to get the jump on them and release this first. That's perfect. Way to go, Lloyd. <laughs> it's funny, like, as you'll see the years, and they're the same year, just a few months apart. And I've never seen that other one. This one I've seen a bunch of times. <laughs> we had to watch that in high school. We were not allowed to watch this in high school. That's the big difference. No, no there's too much incest in this movie. <laughs> yes. So, Tromeo and Juliet from 1996, directed by Lloyd Kaufman and written by Lloyd Kaufman and James Gunn. 
Yeah, Lloyd Kaufman got a Edward trifecta. Hell yes, he did. Yeah, and holy shit, it's let's just take a step back there. What's that name you dropped? Yeah, James Gunn. You know the guy who's in charge of the entire DC universe right now. Yeah, um, and like has so much to do with these like. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy movies are billion-dollar movies, right? Basically? At least the characters are in multi-million-dollar movies, yes. Like, remember when that came out? It was almost like I saw people who were around for, like, the original Star Wars coming out. They were, like, likened it to that of, like, how much hubbub and how much everyone, like, fell in love with the Guardians of the Galaxy. These nothing-nobody comic book characters no one gave a shit about. But then the Tromeo guy came. (laughs) Then, and then, like, he did those Scooby-Doo live-action movies and everything, yeah. and then it all came from this. This was his first movie. Yeah, it's just so good. Like, it's insane what his career has been. Oh, yeah. So, it starts with, like, how Romeo and Juliet would start, with all the narration and everything, but the narrator for this movie is Lemmy. Oh, holy shit. Number one, hail Lemmy, Lemmy is God. And it's also funny that he's the narrator, because Lemmy's an amazing singer. It's almost Aussie-ish levels when he's talking. Because I had the captions on, and every once in a while it would be, like, indistinguishable. It, like, couldn't tell what he was saying. (laughs) Yeah, he is the most gravelly voice in the world. But the fucking manliest man, the dudest dude there's ever been. Like, when he went healthy the last couple years of his life, he stopped drinking Jack Daniels and started drinking vodka. That was him going healthy! (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, we get House of Capulet, House of Q, and then for him it says Lemmy House of Motorhead. Yes, of course. The picture you've seen everywhere. (laughs) Yes. We get the little flashes of who everybody is, and look, there's way too many people in this where I am not going to go through everybody. Because, look, I'm a big dum-dum. Shakespeare stuff's a little out of my league here to follow exactly. I've read it when I was made to as a young child that's pretty much where it goes i don't remember if i had to read it or not in school i guess so. we did but like there's even parts of this where they start going through like the shakespearean sonnets and i'm even in this trauma movie i'm like okay (laughs) yeah the original plan was to do the whole movie in that dialogue and then like after a few drafts, like, no, we can't do this. No, there, it would be, like, it would, the first, like, 10, 15 minutes, I feel, would be funny, and then when you looked, it's like, this is, like, an hour and 50 minute movie. I'm not dealing with that this whole time. No. You can shove as much boobs and throwing up and gore as you want into a movie. If it's like, DOS window light on your hand, and I be the glove upon that cheek, it's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we cut to this weird club playing some new metal, and Sammy Capulet cock blocks his sister Georgie, and he wants to fuck her instead. Sammy Capulet is played by Sean Gunn. I think Sammy is my favorite character in the whole movie. I love him so much. He's, like, insane. Like you said, he just keeps wanting to get with his sister. He's, like, right here, he's like, hey, come on, sis, I got some crystal meth in my underwear. Let's go down the uh, bathroom and snort it and see where this goes. And out of this whole movie, he's the most trauma-looking to me out of everybody. Like, just these, the worst haircuts you've ever seen, people dressed weird, everything like that. Sean Gunn in this role fits the trauma, like, M.O. 100%. 
Oh yeah, he has like the random splotches of hair. He's just wearing a very long t-shirt. Yes. And then we cut to the Q's piercing shop, and that's just where they're all hanging out. And back at the club later that night, oh, we get a but- Q and Capula... Oh, go ahead. This is all, they're at the piercing shop, and it's just a topless lady sitting there, and she's getting her nipple pierced. There's like an extreme close-up on it, as she's actually getting her nipple pierced, because that's like, looked way too real. Like, you saw pores. Like, that's oh, not yeah. fake. <laughs> no, they legit pierced her nipple for the movie, yes. Imagine if they fucked it up, it was like crooked. It's like, damn it, there's no take two. <laughs> well, we got the other one. <laughs> But later that night, back at the club, the Q's and Capulets are both there, and Sammy and Martini, a.k.a. Murray, get into a fight, and this goes on crazy. They brawl into this office where two people are hooking up, but ends up a paper slicer, one of your go-tos you always wanted to see used in the movie, Yes, slices off um, Sammy's fingers with the paper slicer. When that showed up, they bust into the office, and I see the paper slicer there. I was like, I forgot about this scene, because he gets, like, two of his fingers cut off, because he flipped the, uh, what, Murray off? He's like, I didn't flip you off. Uh, I didn't give you the finger. I have all my fingers. As they both look at the paper shredder, like, paper slicer. It's great. And then, like, the guy hooking up at the office is like, clean that up, man! My boss is gonna fire me! Like, (laughs) they did not, no care at all. I do remember enough to know that this is a play on the scene from Romeo and Juliet where, do you bite your thumb at me? I don't bite my thumb at you. I guess that was, like, an equivalent of flipping someone off. Oh, okay. Also, real quick, we see Tromeo at home and his drunk farting dad. I'm going to throw this out here. (laughs) Tromeo is white as can be. His dad is a large black man. And this is never brought up until the very end of the movie. Yeah, and it's so funny how it's brought up, too, because the dad's like, Son, I'm black. You're white. He's like, I always wondered about that. But yeah, it's never, like, throughout the entire movie, it's never brought up. Um, Yeah, they just, like, insert farts randomly into when he's moving oh yeah all the time every time he's on screen he's farting he's cradling a video camera and a bottle of like whiskey yes um tromeo calls rosie this girl he's been like dating and she's (laughs) fucking another guy while on the phone with him it's like um hey uh yeah what are you up to because like they're like fucking and then she's almost like rolling her eyes like oh tromeo's bothering us and she answers the phone. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm just, you know, tailoring a costume for the Capulets party. It's like, you got invited to that? Yes! Yes! Uh, yes, I did get invited! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just a thousand things to set up. Because next we cut to some drunken cues. I don't remember his name, but the guy who was doing the piercing earlier and Murray. Yeah. Dancing around, singing mockingly outside the Capulet house. Like, oh, I am a Capulet! And just making him mad. And we, <laughs> it's the head of the Capulet family. And he's all pissed. He goes, get me my crossbow. And he has a fucking crossbow with exploding arrows. That he shoots down at him. And it's great. And this is all happening in, like, downtown New York City. Yes. we. This is a trauma movie not set in Tromaville until the very end. Right. But we get trauma flashes throughout the movie of like, there was like the trauma magazine at one point in the background, there's trauma light tampons. Yes. 
then he goes inside, his wife comes out, and he starts getting into a fight with his wife, and he's just beating his wife as Juliet is in her room playing the guitar. Yeah, and, like, the cook comes in, like, uh, their help or whatnot, and, like, those two are hooking up, and Juliet's basically like, well, I'm just glad it's not me tonight. Yeah, and she's like, sometimes when I'm with you, I think about men, and they're getting on. It's such a weird (laughs) movie. And then, as that's going on, Romeo is watching the saddest porn I've ever seen in my life. It's a, a computer, like, game porn that he's watching. Yeah, he loads in, like, a CD-ROM into his old-ass 90s computer. And, like, the first thing that comes up is like, are you into piss and shit? Well, then you want to check out... Okay, uh, do you like, um... Like, do you want to fall in love? Now, then you want to check out Jill over here. Yeah, it looked that one. And it's, like, just the saddest thing in the world and way too much of him jacking off. <laughs> and it's like, I love you so much, I can't wait till we're married and I can show you my bosoms. Like, I will be able to suckle so many of our children on these. And it's like him, like, jerking off hardcore, staring into the screen, being like, I love you! I love you! <laughs> <laughs> uh, we get some dialogue with some of the Q family talking about the Q Capulet silky film split. So basically... Monty Q and the Capulets were had a film studio, and Q ended up selling all of his rights to it, and now Capulet owns Silky Films completely. Yeah, they like grew up together. They were friends from childhood. They came up together and were becoming rich, and then something happened to make Q sign off the rights to where like it's like he signed off the rights, and it immediately cut to him sitting on the floor and drinking. Yeah, and. Montague used to be married to Cap's wife. Yeah, and it's a great thing of, like, and while he was stealing his business, he was also stealing his wife. While, like, Q's, like, sitting in, like, the middle of the floor playing with the camera, and, like, the wife's been over in the background, and uh, Capulet comes over and, like, smacks her ass, and she's like, ooh! And they're, like, basically fucking just right behind him while he's like, I sure do love film. <laughs> Then we get the first of two Juliet dreams, and these are always amazing. This is what I remembered most when I saw this movie. So this is her dream where she's in an inflatable pool, and some Fabio-looking man is standing there. And they make out, and then he has this giant slimy dick monster come out of his pants. And when we went to Tromathon, they had the puppet of it. <laughs> It was so great because this is probably some. If you even haven't seen Tromeo and Juliet, you've probably seen the gif of the like monster penis coming out of the guy's shorts. This is a young Sunday Jeff because he has a monster dick. Oh, that one was rough. <laughs> no, people get it. But she wakes up like screaming from her nightmare and this creepy pervy dad is laying in the bed with her like you are having sex dreams again and like takes her curling iron like you (laughs) would bad just leave your sex toys out all over the room that's a recurring thing throughout this movie where he just sees normal everyday products and assumes that's what they are yeah because later i forget he picks up something it's like makeup or like an inhaler or something he's like a butt plug but yes. it's like, what is this, Sleepaway Camp? That's the only other movie I think about when they shove a curling iron up there. Exactly. Yeah, it's so funny of, like, and Dad is wearing, like, a blue Speedo. 
he's like extremely hairy and he's like older so it's like gray hair mixed in with like the normal colored hair and he's just like he's got like the old man kind of beer gut kind of thing where it's like you see any of like the billionaires with their like 20 year old wives yeah very much look (laughs) uh the cues and caps are at the police station about the fight with the paper shredder and neither of them are talking and they drive away after getting into a shouting match <laughs> with each other in the parking lot. Neither of them are saying anything to the cops, but Sammy sticks his head in the window, like to yell at him, gets He's his like, head rolled up in the window <laughs> and the cues drive away with like Sammy still stuck in the window. And this is wild because they're just driving like, ah, ah, and finally he breaks loose from the car and smacks his head on a fire hydrant. And it, Sean Gunn's legit a good actor because this should have just been a dumb cheesy thing, but he's like picking up his brain matter and trying to put it back in his head and he dies. I love that where his head is completely split open. He's trying to shove his brains back into his skull. Like people are walking by in the background. Like a guy has a lizard randomly and they just like stare at him. Then he like slumps over. It's a great death, but I was sad to see Sammy go so quickly. I love Sammy. First to go. Next, we get Julia at Meat World, because she is unwillingly engaged to London... What's his last name? Arbuckle. Arbuckle, who is, like, this big, like, meat-packing owner guy. I don't know. And she's there, and he's talking to her, and he's very excited because he's come up with an... What is it? An olive loaf? No, it's a raisin loaf. Oh, raisin loaf, yes. You know, olive loaf? Well, this is just like that, but with raisins. Here, eat it! And he, like, shoves bologna in her face, and, like, raisins are falling out of it. Yeah, and she tells him that she's a vegetarian. He's like, oh, okay, and he starts cutting himself. Yeah, like, I his energy throughout the, like, his, he, that's another character I love in this, because his energy is insane. He's constantly like, oh, okay! <laughs> like that starts like later he starts stabbing himself he's beating his head off a pig it's like everyone in this movie's on coke oh 100 percent. no way they're not you know what this movie to take it back to another trauma movie most of this cast are like the two hit and run killers from toxic avenger they just made yeah. a whole cast of them yeah i could definitely see that for sure but next, we have the Halloween in July party. Why don't they do this for real? Yeah, this should be a thing everywhere. But this is where we see a Sergeant Kabuki Man in the doorway with a Toxic Avenger right there. This was also yes, like do. not too far before uh, Toxic Avenger 4, so it looks like that kind of Toxie. Yeah. And Tromeo is just dressed up as a giant cow, which is funny. Yeah, I love it. It's funny. Well, because, too, London's the milkman. Yes. <laughs> and he gets to the party, Tromeo, and he sees Rosie, his sort of kind of girlfriend. And he's talking to her, and she's like, uh, and like, something's up. And then they just move this chair that was in front of her, and there's a dude just eating her out. Yeah, to the point of, like, because he pulls away, and his lips are just, like, super wet. <laughs> Yeah. He's all distraught and goes to leave. He talks to his cousin and he's like, rough time, huh? Well, what's he say? I'm about to jack off at my in my hand and swish it around in the punch bowl. 
Oh, yeah, because at one point they walk in and they look at all the food. They're like, wow, look at all the food. And, yeah, like the cousin like spits in like this cake and just pushes the spit down in with his finger. Yeah, I love that part, too. He's like, I'm going to get your jerk off into my hand and swish around in the punch bowl. I'll meet you upstairs in five minutes. It's like nothing we enjoy more than stealing from rich people. Man, there's no way this episode's getting monetized, is there? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think we could. I don't think we could do it in a way that it would. Tromeo sees Juliet for the first time, and, like, it's the smash cut where, like, like, as he sees her, and she's dancing with, what's his name? Why can't I think of this dude's name? London. Yes, and he cuts it on the dance, like, do you mind? And he's like, actually, I do. She's like, no, I don't mind, cow. And she starts dancing with him. And also, her and London dancing, he was stepping on her feet the whole time. Not a very good one. Her and Tromeo dance perfectly. You know, it's nice. Of course, yeah. It's almost like, you know, they would have known each other their entire lives or something. They kiss, and then everyone sees them kiss. And then, because he's a cute... He's chased out by the Capulets. Like, what the fuck? Get your tongue out of my sister's throat! (laughs) Next morning, Tromeo sneaks into the window into Julia's room, what we think is the next morning, and sucks on Julia's toes. (laughs) And this is the popcorn (laughs) pregnancy dream. Oh, yeah. Out of nowhere, yeah. She just, like, randomly, like, her belly gets huge, and then... Tromeo like pot like pulls it open like you're making Jiffy Pop on the uh, stove, and it's like popcorn. And then there's like rats and like superworms all in it. <laughs> I laugh so hard. Everyone else always says this seems disgusting. Doesn't need to be in there. I don't know when he's over eating the popcorn. Like, mmm. Mm. <laughs> he laughs so hard every time. I don't know why. It, it me talking about doesn't know justice if you haven't seen this movie. Something about the guy who plays Tromeo's face as he's shoving popcorn into his mouth <laughs> over like this distraught, confused Juliet makes me laugh so hard. And it really doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I don't know why this is in here. No, but you know what? That's more accurate of a dream than everything else we get in movies. Yeah, yeah. But she wakes up next to creepy dad, and this is the where he has, like, lipstick or something that says it's a butt plug, and he puts her in the timeout box. He's like, you're, you're having another one of your screaming orgasms. You young people disgust me with all your juices flowing out of all your orifices. It's like, yeah, it's, it's uncomfortable. I just, because at this point, dad is like going after Juliet. And I just imagine the mom's laying in bed like, thank God it's not me. <laughs> yeah, exactly the opposite from earlier. And so this timeout box is this weird, clear, like, plexiglass box like you get chained into upstairs yeah it's like where they put magneto yeah exactly but tromeo breaks into the capulet house and wakes her up from the timeout box and they start kissing and they start having sex and the cook walks in the girl and sees this going on well because like tromeo like breaks into the house and is sneaking upstairs the cook comes out is like she all she ever she loves you so much she won't have sex with me anymore. Um, she it's the third door on the left. Go up the stairs and Tromeo goes up the stairs and like the Capula dad is just passed out in his underwear in the hallway. <laughs> the next morning after this has gone on because they love each other instantly and they plan to get married to stop her planned marriage to London Arbuckle. So they'll get married so that way she can't. You know who is a. Uh, brother is who john arbuckle the garfield guy 
Oh, fuck you. <laughs> I had to say it. It's Arbuckle. London comes over the next morning and Juliet breaks up with him and he does not take it well. No, no. Yeah, but it's, um, it's fair. I don't know why she would like immediately break up with him and let him on to it. Why wouldn't you just be like, yeah, everything's perfectly normal and fine. And then just randomly you disappear. Yeah, exactly. I would, but then we wouldn't have the movie. Yeah, it wouldn't be as like, you can't. Like, look into this movie too hardcore. Romeo goes to see the priest and fill him in and tell him, hey, like, we're getting married secretly, like, to get him to do it. And this priest is a character. Uh, the priest is hilarious. Because, was it, it, it happens here in, like, a few scenes. But it's something about Romeo's like, haven't you ever been in love? And the priest is like, yes, I have. And it cuts to him, like, skipping around a field throwing flowers with a young boy. Yes. <laughs> I, I had to pause the movie for a couple minutes because I was laughing so hard. <laughs> <laughs> then, so the plan is, he'll call Juliet and then this will happen now that he secured the priest. And Juliet is calling a 1-800 sex number pretending oh. it's Tromeo. And who's on the other line of this number, Brett? Oh, it's Joe Flyshaker. It's my favorite Troma alumni. I love him so much because it's the five. It's the 500-pound character actor, if you don't know who I'm talking about. If you've seen uh, Poultry Geist or listened to our episode, we went on and on about him and that too. But he's so funny in this. It's just Joe is so great in all these movies. He's like he, the sex line operator, and he's eating, being like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I'm sucking on your toes, yeah, yep, uh, I'm going deep in you, yep, there what it goes." I think he says, "We're doing the sex." We're doing the sex real good. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. And um, then like, she's like coming over and over again. And then finally she stops and he just kind of goes like, oh, okay, are you done now? <laughs> so this is his first trauma appearance. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. This is the first time we see him in a trauma movie. Hell yeah. I love Joe so much. And it's, uh, his set is so perfect. They have set around him. There's like a pile of pizzas. He has like three donuts. He's covered in crumbs. His shirt isn't buttoned. <laughs> and the, the ad for the 1-800 like sex line is this like hunky six-pack oh. abs guy and everything. And of course it's gonna cut to someone like Joe. Like it's 100%. You knew it was coming, but it's still funny. Bravo, Joe. Um, Tromeo's been trying to call her, but the line's been busy with this. He finally gets through when he's taking shit. I don't know why they have yeah. to have this. He's taking a nasty, sweaty shit when he finally gets through. Yeah, did the phone's, like, over his crotch. And then, because at one point, uh, because he, like, tells, uh, Juliet his idea about getting married tonight. Tonight? Yes, this very evening. And she's like, yes, I will. As he, like, lets out this nasty shit. And then she's like, what was that? <laughs> they go and they get married at the church and then we get a them in love montage pretty much you know they're getting tattoos they're having yeah. sex in the streets you know sway just... too much tromeo bush yes um the the dvd i have like the special edition whatever with two discs and each disc is one of the tattoos <laughs> that's funny julia goes home you get the parting is such sorrow yeah it totally sucks yeah, that, that part made me laugh. <laughs> it is funny when they incorporate, like, the Shakespearean dialogue in, and then straight back to normal like that. doesn't make me laugh. Yeah. 
And then we cut to the slaughterhouse, and London is spazzing and, like, smacking his head off of a pig corpse, puts it inside, screams, stabs himself with a meat hook. Yeah, it's like, nothing will amount to the pain that's happening inside my soul, as he, like, stabs himself over and over again. I'm like, is this a death? <laughs> I thought it was, because I haven't seen this in a long time either. I marked him down and had to take him off later after he hooked yeah. himself. But the caps go to the piercing shop, like they're pissed about Sammy, I think. What are they pissed about here? I don't know uh, why. Well, I think it's Sammy and the fact that Tromeo and Juliet are together. Do they know that oh, now? Okay. Um, I think so. Also, we haven't mentioned, in the background is one of the like helpers, is Tiffany Shepis. Oh, I never noticed that. Yeah, she's throughout the whole movie. I think she was 17 when she was in this movie. Of uh, She had to lie about what her age was to get into trauma, and then they figured out what her age was, and they're like, okay, well, you can still be in it, but of course, we're not going to have you do anything else, like, bad. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I like Tiffany Shepard. Yeah. But yeah, now that, like, um, I've, like, recognized her and I know what she looks like, she's throughout the entire movie. But... <laughs> They're at this piercing shop, and a fight obviously breaks out. And this is cool. You get a tattoo gun to the eye, which... Ugh. Yeah. And Murray is killed with an axe to the head. And well, he's no. dying as the cat... Oh, go ahead, what? It's a club, but it's not just a club. The Capulets are super evil. So the club has Hitler's head on it. Oh, yeah. How can we forget this? Yes. Yes, and there's a spike behind Hitler's head, and that, like, gets sunk into the one dude's, like, side of his head, and it's, like, eyeballs popping out, and then he goes yeah. into, like, what was it, um, fuck, what was the story about, like, he got hurt when he was little, he got, like, a paper cut, and he never thought that anything would hurt more? Oh, no, it was a <laughs> nail through his foot. This hurts more! <laughs> and then he tells Tromeo, kiss me goodbye! What? It's my final request, man! <laughs> and he's like, okay, and he does it, and he dies, and then they all, like, sit there, and there's a beat, and it's like, well, I guess he was gay. Yeah, they just don't say it that nicely, but I'll just say that. Yes. Cues go back after the caps outside, now that Murray's dead, and the brawl ensues, and the one guy has Tromeo, like he's about to kill him, but he's like, something about you better... He makes some kind of pun. I don't remember what the pun is. Oh, fuck, I forget. I know, but there anyway, was one. He swings him around right with his truck carrying a ladder hanging out the side of it comes by. And it oh. takes his head off. Well, no, he doesn't take his head off. It hits him. His arm gets ripped off in the process. But he's, like, hanging on this ladder. It drives. The people in the truck realize, follow, follow along, people. They slam on the brakes. <laughs> There's a tow truck, like, flatbed being lifted up with the pointed end his body flies off he gets decapitated on the ramp of that and then you have a family driving along singing found a peanut found a peanut and the head slams onto the windshield and they all scream yeah they're all screamed you know who the found a peanut father is that is james gunn yes it is and it's so great because like the f parents are like freaked out completely at this point i've also noticed what make and color of the car they're driving in is and i was like about that. getting the trauma scene the most expensive scene they ever uh, made so they've put it in every single movie yeah if you're unfamiliar with trauma there's this car crash i forget what move they used it in first i was think it, it was kabuki man i think it was I'm not kabuki positive. man 
But anyway, they filmed this awesome car crash. And after that, anytime they need a car crash, they just reuse that footage. And it's almost become a character itself in these movies. If it didn't show up in a trauma movie, I'd be so mad. Yes. But it's so, because, like, the fake, because this is the family car, so they comes to, like, the family inside, they're all screaming, but the kids are, like, cheering. Then they get out of the car, and um, the kids are throwing the head back and forth like it's a ball, and the parents are like, don't do that, it's dirty! And they run away from the car, because then it cuts back to the stock footage, and the car explodes. Yes. Um, also, next is one of my favorite lines. This is what I would quote all the time, me and my friends. Uh, the police are interrogating the Capulets after this. It goes, a family singing found a peanut? Well, they found a peanut, all right. A peanut of death. <laughs> <laughs> this is the, I, I think it's um, Tiffany Shepard who's pinned to the ground in this scene under yeah. the chair. Yeah, I think that is her now that you bring it up. And she finally says, like, she finally gives the name. She's like, Tromeo, Tromeo is who you get to look into who's, like, causing all this. Then Juliet's dad finds out about Tromeo and everything and makes her call London and reconsider. And Juliet and Tromeo meet at the church. And Juliet gets this idea where she's going to go see Fu Chang and get this potion that's going to help everything out. Right, yeah, the... Um, priest gives her the idea of like, oh, I know someone that can help you out. He can help out anyone. Yep. And he, Fu Chang, was like, tell me your story. And she goes into way too much detail. Everything. Like, yeah. It, this is another trauma classic thing. They do this in Poultry Geist too. Yeah. Where it's like, well, I remember going down the birth canal and then there was a light and then I got smacked. And then it goes to, like, well, then the nice tattooed lady said, that's Fu Chang over there, and I walked over here, and I started talking to you. And said, oh, no, 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 okay, just stop it. <laughs> he gives her this potion that is sure to scare away any meat market man or something like that. Yeah. And it's the wedding day now. She drinks the mixture right before London comes over, and you get the classic green foam puke. Yes. Another thing that, if there's not at least a little bit of it in a trauma movie, it's, like, sacrilege. Yeah, it's a little sus then. But she starts hallucinating and going into, like, some kind of medical reaction to it, and all the dead cues and caps show up and they're staring down at her, still, like, in their death makeup, too. Like, uh, Sammy has his head split, Murray has the club in his head, everything like this. And they start dancing and singing around to gather at the river. Shall we gather at the river? Yeah, that song keeps coming up over and over again in this movie, which I don't know, like why it works that song works so well in like horror movies but like they use it a lot and it's always good yes then london shows up but juliet has turned into a cow lady and she's like it's just a little acne <laughs> she has hooves yeah and he's like this is a little more than just acne and she's like oh see this is why i broke it off before because father would only let me see you on good days yeah, she's like, but I know you still love me for the way I am, not because of how I look. And don't you think, oh, I need some time to think about this. And then he pukes and runs and jumps out the window and dies. I was going to say, I was going to ask you if you think he died or not. I would also He's dead yes. here. Uh, fun fact about this scene. So they had sugar glass set up in the window for the stunt. And it wouldn't break those too thick. So they took it out and just added in the crash sound and everything. But the problem is, he still jumped full force like he normally would to break a window, the stuntman. 
And yeah. when he did, he overshot it and almost died and missed the crash pad and everything. Oh, shit. Yeah, like he like hit the very edge of it. So this was almost a death in Tromeo and Juliet. And that's one of Lloyd's uh, number one rules. What what does he have? Like five rules. One of them is it's don't kill anyone. Three, uh, safety to people, safety to animals, make a good movie. Yeah. What's that joke? Like, too bad they can't seem to get rule number three right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that poultry guy's behind the scenes documentary is a lot of fun. If you guys oh, yeah. want to check out something else, like seeing how Lloyd works behind the scenes, it's like awesome. <laughs> The Tromeo and the father show up, and they're fighting their way up through the Capulet house. Like it's like a video game at this point. And the priest is like, "You go ahead, Tromeo. I'll take care of him." And he's head does the Troma head stomp to a dude. Yeah, which is great. Just like yeah, did the melon stomp. <laughs> yep. Tromeo gets up to the room, but the dad comes in and goes. I'm, wait, no, the dad goes to Juliet because he sees what happened in London. He goes, I'm going to kill you. This is not fun for me to say. I'm going to kill you and fuck you at the same time. Yeah. At, but Tromeo... Yes! Tromeo comes in and saves her. They have a kiss and she turns normal again. But the dad's not done. He comes back to kill Tromeo. Where's my bow? This? Yeah. No, not my violin bow. My crossbow. <laughs> it's, it's like this, like this, not my oboe. Like it's an ongoing joke throughout the movie. It's pretty funny. It also shows you that Tromeo is her true love because he kissed the cow lady. Exactly. But the dad comes back in to kill Tromeo, and Julia attacks him with the, the curling iron, some bobby pins, a nail file, hair dryer. Like, she's just beat the shit out of him with, like, all these standard, like, beauty items. Yeah, she shoves, like, the bobby pins in his ear, then he pulls them out, and he, like, pulls his eardrums out. Yeah, it's nasty looking. He gets an um, old-school 90s computer monitor, like, smashed on top of his head that he, then he wears for the rest of the movie. <laughs> Well, Tromeo attacks him with tampons and a Shakespeare book, too. Then he yeah. has a, the, the TV, which says Troma on the side, is smashed over his head. Juliet plugs in the TV and, like, well, he chases them up to the timeout room. Juliet plugs the TV in, killing him with the satisfying head pop. Yes, very great. The police are there, and Tromeo and Juliet are just <laughs> free to go. Yep, self-defense. <laughs> yep, self-defense. It'll be better without him. Yeah, that's all. Then they're about to go out on their happy way, and Ingrid, the mother Capulet, and Montague, Tromeo's dad, both show up. It's like, oh, thank God we're here in time. You two are still here. And we get this whole backstory, and this is why we had the whole split and everything. Brett, do you want to take this for me? Because it gets confusing. Okay, well, what was it? Um, Tromeo's, who he thinks was his dad, uh, she tricked him into thinking that Tromeo was his when they really wasn't and to be able to keep the kid he had to sign away his uh, half of the movie company and that's why that happened like that's what that big secret was so the Q father is not the father of Tromeo the Capulet father is the same father as Juliet we don't have just one incest story going on in this movie. We have two. And then, like, they tell it, like, so you two are siblings. That's why you can't get married. And I this line. Julia <laughs> looks at Tromeo and goes, fuck it. We've come this far. Yeah. 
the kids and drive off in the car. Because well, at this time, at this point, they fucked at least, what, twice? Yeah. Yeah. And we get six well, years later, they're married and live in Tromaville with three mutant children. Yeah, with just, like, faces, like, extra faces all over them. Yes. <laughs> they're having a nice barbecue and everything, all the families together there, and... The end, and then you get Shakespeare just laughing, and then credits. Yeah, I love the random just Shakespeare laughing at the end. I feel like that's Lloyd almost poking fun of, like, I bet you the old school, like, Shakespeare movies, like, that seems like something they would end with. Like, it's a black and white one, and you see Shakespeare at the end, like, ha ha ha, yes, very fun job. Tally-ho. And then the credits in this, I just want to point out, are amazing. Did you happen to watch any of them? Oh, I um, I kept it on, and I was looking up like a few behind the scenes facts about it, and I clicked back to it, and I saw like, and so I had to pause it because one thing said like, none of you ever read these credits, and I work extremely hard on these credits. You know, the credits <laughs> for Sergeant Kabuki Man were the greatest credits ever, but none of you ever read it, you pieces of shit. Like, <laughs> keeps coming to the credits, man, getting angrier and angrier that people aren't reading it. They also think. All these people were not in this movie. Just lists a bunch of famous actors. There's a ton of fun credits. Like, no joke. If you watch the whole thing, there's just more and more of like insane stuff. Like in the, these credits, that's all. But it's like how um, did you ever watch Mr. Pickles on uh, Adult Swim? I don't think so. They kind of do that with their end credits of it's like voiced by Brooke Shields, starring like Tom Cruise. Like they just use fake names. Like none of them took credit for it. <laughs> But yeah, that's Tromeo and Juliet. Holy shit, bravo. An amazing Valentine's Day movie. I'm glad that you took some time out of your lovemaking sessions today to listen to us talk about Tromeo and Juliet. Exactly. Or you could have left it on while you are doing it, who knows? Yeah, I don't know, you know. The soothing sounds of Brett from Dimension Z's voice as he says, come and incest way too much for an episode. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, you ready for Call of the Dead? Yeah, let's get into the count of the dead. Ah, ah, ah. All right, let's rock with horror count of the dead. Tallies up all the deaths in the movie. Where do you think we got with Tromeo and Juliet? If I counted right, it's six. You did not because it was nine. What? Yeah, we got nine. The family in the car didn't die. I knew the family didn't die. Okay. Well, that's Greg's count of the dead. Ah, ah, ah. Now we're getting into my ratings from Dimension Z. Uh, so basically, I'll take something from the movie and I'll rate the movie 1 through 10, 1 being the worst and 10 being the best. Now come up with that thing right now. Okay, I have a fun one and it plays in with the movie. Okay. Of I have a significant other, as do you, Greg. Yes. So we're going to do what we could find out about this person years later. Okay. So a number one version of a thing you wouldn't want to find out about this person, the worst thing, I would say it's probably that she's your sister. Yeah, that, that ranks up there. That'd probably be number one. Um, a number ten version, uh, the best kind of thing you would want to find out years later, it's like, oh, rich aunt so-and-so died, we're billionaires. Yes. So, she's your sister, or you become rich. Fuck, Tromeo and Juliet's fucking great. I'm going to give it a 9, though. I almost gave it a 10 there. I'm giving it a 9 out of 10. 
because I did like they do the sonnet things a little too much here and there, and I feel like if it had been trimmed down a little bit, it would have been tighter. But as far as a trauma movie goes, it's like near perfect. I'm glad to hear that. I went seven and a half things you could find out. It's great. I think this one's not up there with the best as far as like ratings for trauma movies. I have a great time with this movie. Man, it took me back watching it. I have a great time with this. Yeah, like we said earlier, like I would probably put this in my top five. I'd, I'd have to really sit down and go through all the trauma movies to for sure say. But like you said, for sure top ten trauma. Oh, no doubt. And I feel like I've come full circle getting to cover this now from watching it as such a young kid. It's nice. Yeah. There's a recording of me on the internet now talking about this. 14-year-old me would be very happy about that. Yeah, I remember watching this in high school, being like, holy shit, you can do this in a movie? Like, Yeah. <laughs> and that shaped me to the person I am today. <laughs> exactly. Explains a lot. Yes. Unless you have anything else, man. No, that's all I got on this one. All right, well, we hope that you have a great Valentine's Day, and we hope that Tromeo and Juliet has left your brain throbbing with horror and cum. Do you like throbbing with horror? Their early shows were a little too avant-garde for me, but I hear if you follow them on the social media, they do terrific work. You should probably rate them five stars wherever you're listening to them. It makes their show a cut above the rest. Make sure you tune in next week. Wouldn't want to miss another episode, right? <laughs> hey, Paul!